I've got players on my fantasy teams. I've got draft rooms bursting out the seams. I guess you could say these players make me feel this way. My guys, wise guys. Talking about my guys and wise guys, my guys, who? You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome in, we welcome you all in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast, it's the My Guys and Wise Guys episode. I apologise for the intro, it was the best <laughs> the best I could do and I can assure you that I'm not going to be going on to X Factor any time soon. Thank you so much for joining us, this is uh, Podcast 31, I want to say 31, maybe 32, anyway, it's 28th of August, Tuesday. Hope you're all doing fabulously well. I hope that uh, all your drafts are going well. Obviously, it's right in the deep depths of draft season. Um, I'm currently up to 14 leagues, uh, including the best ball draft that I have literally just started. So looking forward to to doing that. It's only the one one best ball that I'm doing this season. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much today. I've just got one or two things to get off my chest to tell you and inform you. Um, But we have the My Guys episode today with Lee Wakefield, uh, which is... About an hour long, so um, again, not going to talk too much. But before we get into that, uh, if you want to follow us on social media at Full Ten Yards, we are ever, ever getting ever nearer to the 500 followers mark. So if you want a chance to win a free NFL jersey, follow us on Twitter, and you will be entered into the draw. That will be plucked at random. Also, we have a couple of competitions that are free to join. We have the Against the Spread Pick'em Competition, uh, CBS. Uh, a couple of competitions here. Just look out on our social media for the links. It's the pinned tweet to the top of our profile. And the other one as well is the last man standing, where you pick one team a week, and you can only pick one team once. Win and you're through. Lose and you are out. The winner of those two competitions will get some full 10 yards t-shirts to, uh, as prizes. Maybe not the greatest of prizes in the world. But hey, it's free. Hey, it's a bit of fun. And you, know, you get bragging rights at the end of the day. So today, today's show... My guys, Lee Wakefield, let's get into it. Okay, as the start of the podcast indicates, we are talking about my guys and wise guys. <laughs> um, and we'll be joined by a good friend of the show and, uh, what should we say, a common common appearance. Um, I, I could put you as a co-host at some point, Lee, but... Um, yeah, um, we, we're going to be talking about obviously my guys and wise guys, and we we'll welcome you into the show. How how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, good to be back again. Not too long since past appearance, but yeah, doing very well, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, very good, very good. Um, obviously, we need to to talk about our, our dynasty teams uh, at some point. Maybe we'll leave that at two, towards the end of the show. But obviously, we had our dynasty draft um, on Sunday. So yeah, I was quite happy with my team. I think you were quite happy with yours as well. But we'll um, we'll save those. Maybe maybe we did you draft any of my guys? Uh, I'm looking down. Yes, I, I drafted 
we'll say we'll we'll keep that as a tease and um i don't think i did hang on let me just check I managed to draft one of my my guys, but he yeah. is a bit later on. But we're going to start off at quarterback, Lee. And do you want do you want to go first, since you you are our guest? Yeah, sure. So um, the first one is actually one of my first my guys. Uh, it's Deshaun Watson. So I I really targeted Deshaun Watson. Um, I don't often draft a quarterback early, but I, I think I took him in like the fifth round. Uh, the reason why I really like him is obviously age age is on his side if you're if you're playing dynasty um, and then you've also got the fact that he looked really good last year. Um, he's looked really good in college. He just looks like he gets the position. He gets the, uh, the playing the quarterback in the NFL as well. The step up from college to the professional game is obviously quite a big one. Some that, a step that some people don't take. But he looks to have taken to it like a duck out duck to water really. Mm-hmm. And and the fact the fact is that Houston have got quite a lot of weapons around him. So he's going to have you know he's going to have plenty of people to throw to. He's got a top level wide receiver. You know one of the best in the game. And that always helps you in quarterback as well, you know, because you can get him out of trouble when he's maybe a little bit uh, off target. You know, these wide receivers, these top wide receivers, they make uh, bad throws into good throws. And I think he's obviously got the, the X factor of having the mobility as well. And it's probably the reason why I targeted Watson over, you know, someone like Carson Wentz, who, you know, if we believe Jalen Ramsey, um, Watson and uh, Carson Wentz are going to be duking it out for the MVP for the next five to ten years anyway. So, <laughs> you know, obviously... Being a fantasy um, dynasty owner, sorry, uh, Watson now. Uh, hopefully that becomes true. So, yeah, he's my first. Uh, he's my first good guy, my guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not. I'm not totally sold on Deshaun Watson, and I'm not going to get in a, into a fully fledged argument with you. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Dynasty, I can come around to it. But yeah, certainly you pointed out there, ADP, fifth round, fourth round. I mean, no, thank you uh, at that price. I just think his his explosiveness, yeah, his his running ability is always going to stand him in good stead for fantasy football. I just think his efficiency... I mean, he only had a, a, a percentage, complete, completion percentage of 61.8% last season, which actually is quite low. I th- um, obviously, yeah. you know, it, it took him a couple of games to get to get used to. Obviously, the first couple of games, you know, it was a bit of a rough ride. Obviously, he didn't start at the start of the season. He'd come in after Tom Savage and, you know, TJ Yates did what they did. They do best, but... Um, yeah, not not overly sold just because of the price. I wouldn't obviously say if he got to the seventh or eighth round that I'd take him, but obviously he's never ever ever going to go there because you know it's a small sample size. And yeah, I'm not I'm not denying the fact that he could certainly be vying for MVP status over the next five to ten years with Carson Wentz. Although I hope as a Cowboys fan that is not the case. Obviously Houston being just down the road, <laughs> Houston being down the road, and Eagles um, just yuck. No, thank you. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Not, not for me. I, I mean, I've got to stand in front of me here. He took 19 sacks last season, which is actually quite high for the amount of games he played. Uh, so it could just show, obviously, that he um, maybe held on to the ball a little bit too much and tried to obviously scramble and then got caught. So it'd be interesting to see what, you know, he's kind of learned from the injury. But also, you know, the offensive line is not great. It's one of the worst in the NFL. So he's going to have to scramble. Um, I just I just think, you know, part of me thinks that, you know, he only had however many games he had, what, five or six or something. But small sample size, I just think... Uh, he's going to come back down a little bit. I mean, his touchdown percentage was was quite high as well. So even if that comes down a, a, a touch, his fantasy points are, are going to tumble as well. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, not, not for me. But yeah, I can certainly see the upside. And quite a lot of people like buying into stuff they've not seen. And it's about the imagination, isn't it? Yeah, I know you raised a couple of good points. Um, I just think on the first one that you raised about his completion percentage, that's it is quite low, and you are right in what you're saying. But I think that's only going to go upwards, um, yeah, yeah. you know, throughout the years. 
you know, he's got a year under his belt. Uh, maybe like say not not in the games, but definitely in the experience in the system. Yeah. Obviously, they've got a continuity of coach and things like that. Um, so I think that's only going to come up, and it's only going to get higher and higher. Um, but like I say, yeah, maybe for like redraft leagues where you're just taking him for this year, uh, maybe not too much, uh, not as much, maybe not as much value. But um, I think yeah, for definitely for dynasty, it's definitely someone that I thought and it's the reason why I'm targeting so early. And like I say, just to get in there, maybe I took him around a little too early. Like you say, but. Uh, I think he's going to work in the long run, personally. But like I say, it's all about opinions at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think fifth round in the dynasty is actually not too bad. <clears throat> not too bad considering where some people are taking him either in mocks or in other drafts that I've certainly seen. You know, some people are taking him over Aaron Rodgers, which just boggles my mind. And they need to stop playing fantasy football, to be quite honest. But um, <laughs> we'll uh, if, 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 if there's nothing oh, else, <laughs> if there's nothing else uh, on Deshaun Watson, I think we'll probably move on to my um, my guy for this year's Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, um, obviously he's another one that kind of divides opinion. I'm going to give you the last six fantasy finishes for Matt Ryan in fantasy football. So last year was 15, year before that 2, 19, 7, 15, 7. So it looks like he's working on an alternate basis. So you know, hopefully this year he can, he can make it a single digit again. You know, back in 2016, the second year of uh, Kyle Shanahan was the mind-blowing year, where they, obviously where they got to the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not expecting them to get... To get to those kind of heights again, but I don't. I certainly don't think he'll replicate the the lows of last season. I do think it'll be somewhere in the middle. This is a guy that's undrafted. Uh, it's a guy that's always thrown for over four and a half thousand yards, uh, except for last season again, where they struggled under Steve, Steve Sarkeesian. I think that will improve. Um, you know, five year. Uh, they, some things against Matt Ryan. Uh, last five years, his attempts have gone down every year. His completions have actually gone down every year as well. But I think this is the year it kind of goes back up. And, you know, he's the 13 quarterback off the board. So if you're in a 10 a ten or a 12 team league, chances are that he might not even be drafted. And to get a guy with that ceiling of, of 2016 is just someone that, you know, I'm a late quarterback guy as well. So he's a guy that um, I'm quite happy to be all in on when I get him for basically free. Yeah, no, like, uh, it's a good opinion. It's a good um Good point that you make, sorry. That, um, like I say, he's going to go undrafted in some leagues, especially smaller leagues. So it's really good value for money. You know, um, if you're in a bigger league, like, um, you know, 10, 12, 14 even, you, you aren't going to get these guys for anywhere near that value. And that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, the second thing that springs to mind is kind of what you, you mentioned about the Sean Watson and, and kind of like on the flip side that like you mentioned um, people like what they, you know, believe like the potential. But I, I believe the same thing about Matt Ryan. Are people now hoping that he's going to have that 2016 form every time they draft him? Yeah. You know, that, that's the trap that some people might fall into. Mm. And, you know, it's just not, not realistic, I don't think. I don't think, because I think one thing that really boosted him in that season was, it was Kyle Shanahan yeah. as the coordinator. Uh, it's obviously taken a bit of a step back. Not a huge step back, but definitely a step back under Steve Sarkeesian, as you say. Um, and, you know, is, is it, if you just look down his career, that's that 2016 season is definitely a big anomaly. You know, you only had seven interceptions, mm-hmm. 38 touchdowns. That's obviously a really, really top ratio. But just looking through his um, his uh, career stats for touchdown and interceptions, he's never really achieved uh, that before, and obviously didn't do it since no. in the year. Um, so it's, it's kind of yeah, you shooting for that that ceiling when it's actually quite unrealistic. I don't know. No, I mean, I don't. I say, like I said, I don't think he'll get back to those ceilings. I'm not think. I don't think he's anywhere, anywhere, anywhere near that. But for for someone that's free, and I, I think you know, Calvin Ridley uh, signing from the draft this season, I think he'll help open the 
um, he'll help open it up a little bit in the passing game. Um, you know, Julie, I expect Julio Jones to get grab a few more touchdowns. I, I certainly think. I think for me, I, I think I just see the touchdowns go up. You know, I think he only had twenty one last season. Um, off the top of my head, I might just quickly confirm that. But yeah, I, I think obviously you know, the struggles were there for everyone to see last season. They didn't score that many touchdowns uh, last season. Twenty touchdowns and twelve interceptions. I think there'll be a bigger bigger difference in between the touchdowns and interceptions next this season coming up. Um, and you know, you know, touchdowns will vault uh, you up and down finishing positions or fantasy football. So I just think, you know, you'll be nearer to thirty than it will be twenty this year. Um, so I certainly, I, I certainly think he's a he's a good steal for free. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I'm not, not, I'm not, I wouldn't knock it to be fair. But um, I prefer, I feel, I feel for the uh, more mobile quarterbacks, it just adds another dimension to what you're going to get. But yeah, like I say, I can't really disagree. Matt Ryan's a good value pick quarterback. Yeah. Um, and yeah, probably will have an uptick in his production for the next twelve. Well, next not twelve months, but the next year. Yeah. Next yeah. season. Yeah. All right. Do you want to do you want to lay lay some heat on uh, a quarterback? Yeah. So I'm gone for the man who everyone loves to hate, and that's Tom Brady. Okay. Um, he's just. I mean, obviously, he's a great quarterback. I'm not trying to say he's not, but fantasy, he's not. He's never really done it for me, to be honest. He's not someone that I have really targeted in any sort of fantasy format, to be fair with you. Um, obviously, he, he's going to get the yardage, he's going to get the touchdowns, which obviously is great, but he's got offers nothing on the ground. Um, they, the Patriots are quite a dink and dunk sort of style of offence, and it, I don't know, it just doesn't sit well with me. Um, and obviously, sometimes he's got suspensions and things like that for doing naughty things, which obviously comes into play. Um, he's just never someone that I've really he's really sat with me to be fair are you, are you insinuating that he's deflated some balls Lee? I'm insinuating yeah a lot of things against the New England Patriots yeah definitely yeah I mean I don't I don't mind that so much um, you know obviously Julian Edelman's out for uh, was it four games I think and you know Brandon oh, Cooks yeah. Brandon Cooks has gone Rob Gronkowski had a bit, had a few grumbles in the off season uh, there's been a few grumbles in the back office but I think from Rob Gronkowski's perspective I think he just wanted to get paid Tom Brady kind of mould over retirement but again that, I think that was just all a all a story an off season story to get some clicks um, but yeah yeah you, you certainly see that New England Patriots have never really had some stellar wide receivers apart from Randy Moss way back when. Um, then you know they've always made uh, a lot of work of, of passing work to the running backs. They're not really going to change this season, I don't think. You know, there's no one star out there to to catch a lot of the balls apart from Gronkowski. Um, and they've always done the best they they have with, this, with the players they've got on the team. Um, Danny Amendola, I think, could be a bigger loss than maybe people give give him credit for. Uh, who's gone over to divisional rivals Miami? But yeah. Tom Brady's not really anyone that I've ever drafted uh, in my career of fantasy football. Um, I, I think I drafted him at a really big discount the year he was suspended for um, those infringements. So we say I'm not going to call him out, but um, I mean this year he's <laughs> this year I think he's about the third, the third or fourth quarterback going off the board. Uh, fantasy football calculator currently has him as uh, round five, uh, third pick in the fifth round, and that's again that's too rich for my for my blood. So I I will happily passing him as well yeah definitely I, I, the thing what he not reminds me obviously doesn't he doesn't he, a little bit better obviously but for fantasy purposes he reminds me of sort of like a rich man Alex Smith yeah yeah a rich man don't hear that very often do you rich man yeah yeah no I, I, I agree there 
you know, because obviously he's going to get, going to get um, still not, he's not going to throw any interception, he's going to dink and dunk his way down the field. And it, it's just reminds me that sort of, I don't know, the vibe that I get from him. Mm. Yeah, so like, like last season, just to recap, 385 completed passes from 581 attempts at 66.3%, so that's not too bad. Uh, over 4,500 4, yards, 32 touchdowns, 8, inter- eight interceptions. So he's not really a guy that's going to give you many uh, interceptions. So maybe in those leagues where you are six six point touchdown, minus four point interceptions, maybe he bears a bit more fruit in those types of leagues. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from, from Tom Brady this year at that price. Nope, that's fair enough. Okay, so I'm going to move uh, sticking with slightly the New England Patriots theme. My uh, my wise guy, I suppose, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, he was uh, back up to Tom Brady uh, for the last couple of years. Obviously, he's moved over to San Francisco 49ers last year for not a lot of uh, not a lot of, not of a lot of investment, I suppose, from a 49ers perspective. But um, similar to Deshaun Watson, I just think there's a bit of a short, a small sample size there. Um, I don't think the wide receiver core is the greatest. Again, it's similar to, to New England, really. There's not really a wide receiver one there. Some people may argue Pierre Garçon, but he's getting he's getting on now. Uh, Father time, he's starting to catch him up. Uh, last five games last season, obviously, he went 5-0. and uh, He's undefeated at the moment uh, in, the NFL, <coughs> in the NFL. But if you look at his games, he was, uh, the teams he faced, he faced Chicago, Houston, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and uh, the Rams. Now, all of those teams last year either had really bad defenses or had clinched divisions or playoff spots. So I'm not surprised that you know that, that, that he kind of won all five of those games. Um, and just to obviously put it in perspective as well, in those five games, he only threw seven touchdowns. So I'm not quite sure what the, the hype about Jimmy Garoppolo is. I mean, he's going ahead of guys that I don't even like, like Ben Roethlisberger, or he's you know, he's going ahead of Matt Stafford. I don't I don't get why. He's so elevated. I know the 49ers are a trendy team. Um, yeah, I just don't get it. I'm not. I can't have it. I can't have it in any any league whatsoever. Yeah, no, I agree. I think everyone's just uh, believing the hype a lot on Jimmy G. Um, obviously, he's playing really well. He's facilitating their offense really well. Um, but yeah, like you say, he doesn't really throw that many touchdowns. Or he didn't in his uh, you know five games didn't last year. Um, he probably have a bit of an uptick because obviously he'll be more used to Shanahan's offense again, and they've got maybe a few more weapons around him. Just going back to their wide receiver core, like you were just saying, I really like uh, Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis. I'm a really big fan of those two, especially Pettis. I, I just a bit of a spoiler. I was gonna um, I was gonna have him as my wide receiver for later on in the show, but I've uh, gone back on that just a little aside yeah. on there. Sorry, but yeah, Jimmy G. I think um, yeah, we're just buying the hype a little bit and buying the San Francisco hype a little bit too much. Um, he, like I say, small sample size; it could go either way. Uh, I mean, I guess I could fall on my sword with that with Sean Watson as well with that. But um, yeah, I just think uh, people are believing the hype a little bit too much. Yeah, I mean, like back in the in July, um, start end of July, he was going around seven uh, pick eleven in the seventh round. Now he's going around just after the ninth, you know, the nine turn, so nine oh three. So I think that the, it, yeah, the hype's cooled down a little bit. So the off season hype is is kind of waded. Um, so I think whilst I think the ninth round is still way too high for him with all the other quarterbacks that are still on the board. Um, you know, at least it's coming down a little bit. Um, I, don't, I don't I don't really see it changing too much now before before the uh, start of the season. Okay, so let's move on to the running back position then. Uh, do you want to give us your your my guy? Yeah, so this is this is the first of um, two Chicago Bears that I'm going to mention tonight. So this is uh, John Howard for me. Ooh. First of all, uh, yeah, really, really big fan of um, big fan. Of, I think I'm going to be a big fan of the Bears this this year. Actually, this coming season, 
Uh, I really like what they've done in the off-season with their acquisitions. I really like the fact they've got Matt Nagy as their um, head coach now. I think he's going to bring some little tricks to the trade um, to that Chicago offence. I think one thing that Andy Reid, which obviously is where he's come from, that coaching tree, has really excelled at over the years, is uh, getting running backs um, and making them more effective. And I think the combination of Howard and Tariq Cohen is going to be really potent this year. Um, obviously, Howard had a great start to his NFL career. Um, he's gone over 1,100 yards both years. Had an uptick in turnovers, uh, sorry, not turnovers, touchdowns um, last year. Uh, went up from six to nine. And uh, yeah, I just think he's going to go just continue that upward trend, to be fair. Uh, I think they're going to be able to open it up a little bit more aerially, and that's going to therefore open it up for Howard and Dan Cohen as well on the ground. Um, and I think it's going to be a bit more of a balanced offense. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to watch the Bears, actually. And uh, yeah, more on them later for me. Yeah, and I agree. So, so Chicago, another trendy team, obviously like the 49ers, obviously a lot of change there on offense um, and obviously starting at the top with, with Matt Nagy. Jordan Howard, gets quite, Jordan Howard gets quite a lot of a bad rep from last season. And listen, you know, he, he actually had a really good season last season. And, you know, obviously everyone puts it down. He he can't catch. Uh, he doesn't really offer much. And when he's on the field, you know, they're going to run. But, you know, Jordan Howard had, what, 276 attempts last season, had over 1,100 yards. Uh, and nine touchdowns. What what kind of more do you want from a running back? You know he's um, you know he's not really burning you where he's going in drafts, which is is tumbling. You know it's the what middle of the second round maybe. I think you can get him in drafts at the moment. Um, he's maybe maybe even late late second round, early third. Uh, he's a guy that I don't mind taking. Uh, obviously more so in standards, um, but I, I think they'll still catch giving the ball uh, in the air for a little bit. You know this season. So yeah, Jordan Howard. No, I like I like that. I like that a lot. Hopefully, as well, it's an offense that scores a lot more points than last season. Yeah, no, it should be. I really, I really think it will be. I think it looked really exciting on there offensively for the Bears. Yeah, I think as well. Let's let's not also forget that last season uh, Cameron Meredith went down in the preseason. So the people catching the ball was Kendall Wright, Josh Bellamy, Dontrell Immen, and, and Zach Miller. And you know the, the most receptions anyone had was was fifty nine fifty nine receptions Kendall Wright. So you know with Alan Robertson coming in, Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. It's gonna, you know, teams aren't gonna stack the box against Jordan Howard anymore because they're gonna have to respect the run. Mitchell Trubisky is gonna throw the ball more, so there's gonna be more gaps for for Jordan Howard to run through. So yeah, no, really like really like Jordan Howard uh, as a, you know, considering the bum rap he gets. Yeah, exactly. And um, he's gonna he's gonna have it opened up for him, um, Trubisky a lot more than he did under John Fox. So yeah, he's definitely gonna be a bit more exciting over in the windy city. Hmm. Yeah, well, I'll say hopefully not too windy because that might uh, affect his ability to catch the ball. But um, I, uh, I jest, so we'll we, we move on. So my, my guy, uh, not a surprise really to people that know me, it's Joe Mixon. Now, again, Joe Mixon is quite a, a polarising player in terms of opinions. Uh, it's his second season in the NFL, uh, first his rookie season. Okay, it wasn't the greatest. Um, did, I think he averaged about three and a half yards per carry. But let's not forget that this offensive line last year was awful. Um, they've addressed that with Billy Price in the draft, and I think they may have added one or two uh, other guys there. They've got the um, offensive line coach from Dallas from last season, so hopefully that will be uh, bring an uptick improvement to the line. And let's not forget as well, you know, they, they changed offensive coordinators last year, and it took a couple of games for Joe Mixon to actually you know get the gig for them to realise that he is actually a guy. And, you know, the way I see him run, he, he runs very similar to Lev Bell. I call him the Lev Bell light. And, you know, if I get any version of Le'Veon Bell, I'm quite happy to take those kinds of players. So I, I think he can be, elite, be an elite talent. And I just think he'll burst, burst through the seams. And bold prediction for me is I think he could be a top five running back this season. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think he's, I think he's definitely going to, he had a bit of a disappointing start to his career. But like you said, I think that was due to things like the offensive line and just their offense not being that great. Um, yeah, I think he could be a, a real top uh, running back. He, what's he going in like the second or third round, average in drafts? Yeah, he's going in the back of the second, early third. Yeah, I think that's about right. I, I would like to start, would like to have taken him at that stage in the draft. Yeah. Um, I think he was gone before I got on the board the other day when we were drafting. But yeah, um, yeah I, I really like that pick, actually. I think he's going to be he's going to have a good career in the NFL. Uh, obviously, he's only coming into his sophomore season. So if you're picking him in Dynasty, and uh, you think he's going to be the, the bell cow back to the Bengals um, you know, for a long time, then you could be quid in, in that position, I think. Yeah, I mean, Giovanni Bernard's still there. Obviously, Jeremy Hill's no longer there. Um, I, yeah, doesn't really scare me, Gio Bernard. I, Joe Mixon can do it all. He's a three-down back. I just think, you know, give him a bit more time uh, to kind of not settle into the NFL because he's obviously already done that, but I just think, you know, give him more time to just get used to it. And I just think, I just think at some point you'll just start to see that curve just on the rise for Joe Mixon. Um, and I just think the yards will come as long as the offensive line stays healthy. Obviously, John Ross hopefully can stretch the defense as well. Uh, on the other side of AJ Green, Tyler Boyd's there as well. Uh, Brandon LaFell is obviously gone. I'm not quite sure what Tyler Eifert's doing. But yeah, I, I just think I don't think I don't think Joe Mixon will struggle as much as he did last season. You are paying a high draft price for him, but I'm, he's a guy I'm going to go all in on and take the risk on. If he burns me this year, probably won't do it next year. <laughs> Yeah, and you'll learn the hard way, I guess, won't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You always do. Thing is, when you when you draft players with with high draft capital, you know, second, third round, and they they let you down. Kind of like Jay Ajayi over the last couple of years. You keep chasing it because you know that they can give you that the ceiling that you are expecting. Um, you just keep going to the well, and you keep losing your money. But um, yeah, but I'm I'm I say I mean I'm I'm in on Joe Mixon this season. So who who are yeah. you who are you not in on on this season, uh, Lee? So I know this is someone that you actually like, actually. So we might uh, have a bit of a difference of opinion on this one. If, so you, my next, if, you, uh, my if next you say pass, Zeke Elliott, pass. you're getting kicked off. No, 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 of course <laughs> not. No, no. <laughs> uh, uh, it's actually Alex Collins oh, okay. um, from the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's just a, a few red flags for me with Collins. Um, I'm not I'm not a big fan, as you'll hear later, I'm not a big fan of the Ravens in general. Yeah. Um, I just... I just don't think they're going to be very exciting offensively. I don't like what they're doing with their recruitment, the way that they've just brought in this ragtag group of uh, free agent wide receivers. I don't think that's going to do anything for them. I don't think Joe Flacco is going to do anything for them. So I think Collins might be facing some stack boxes because I don't think they're going to do anything for the air. Um, and another red flag for me, the fact that he's 23 years old and he's on his third team already. Um, obviously been cut by the Seahawks and the Vikings before. And he had a reasonable season, you know, almost uh, got a thousand yards last year, got six touchdowns, obviously looks uh, fairly good on the face of it. But I just don't know if he can recreate that. I think he's going fairly early in the draft. He might be entering and might be drafting, and I just don't think he's going to be worth the price that you might have to pay. So yeah, he's definitely someone that I, I'd stay away from. He's, he's in that awkward sort of area of the draft where the stars have gone. And you're trying to pick sort of the best of the rest, and yeah. he appears to be in that category. I just don't think he is. That's just how I feel about him, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I certainly agree with the draft position. 
Um, obviously, Kenneth Dixon there is looming. He's been looming there for a couple of years, and everyone seems to think that he's a, he's a thing. Don't think that I, ha- I have kind of those concerns. But yeah, Alex Collins is going in the same positions as you know Stefan Diggs, Jarek McKinnon, Tyreek Hill, Jai type area, uh, Travis Kelsey. But so I think I think it just depends on kind of what strategy you go in with the draft. If you pick up a stud early on in in round one, so you take a Zeke, maybe you can you know you can take an Alex Collins. Um, just because just you have the backup of, you know, I wouldn't like Alex Collins as my running back one. You know, if I've got a running back one and Alex Collins is my two, I, I think that's okay, especially in standard, although he can catch the ball out of the backfield anyway. But yeah, no, I, I certainly agree. It's, it's quite a high a high price. I'm just trying to get his history up because he, he was actually going a lot lower than that um, over the last month or, to, or two. Um, I'll wait for it to load. But yeah, no, Alex Collins, he's slightly risen over the over the last month or so. He's gone up around. So yeah, I, th- I think the third the third round is is probably too rich for me. Um, but certainly in the fourth round, he was a guy that I I was quite happy to take when I had maybe two wide receivers and, and a stud running back. Yeah, you know, I I agree with that. Actually, um, it, it really depends on like you say on your strategy and the way you're going to go about it. And then it obviously depends on just how the chips fall in, in, in a way. You know, if you're drafting late in the first and all those top running backs go quite early, you know, you might be, your hand might be forced a little bit to take one of these guys because you, you just think, I can't wait until all the running backs are gone. And, you know, you, you kind of scratch around after, after a few rounds yeah. just for anyone to, you know, to fill maybe running back two or three spot. Yeah. And, it's not, it's not. It's not something that makes me feel comfortable. That you know, when I'm forced into drafting a player because they play a certain position, and I won't be able to get much better later on. It's not not something that I would really like to do. No. All right. And so then, I'll, I'll, I'll put you to the test then, Lee. So would you well, go? I'd, would you go Alex Collins or Jay Ajayi? Uh I, I guess. See, I would probably go for Collins in that. Okay. Just because he's got a, a sort of. JJ is a lot more high variance. He can have a 200-yard game one week, maybe two weeks in a row, but then you'll bang him in your starting lineup, and you'll hope for that every week. It's just not going to happen, and he'll hit you with like 60-yard games. Yeah, like two or three weeks, you know, after his 200-yard game. Yeah. So what about? And it's just it's just not you need a bit of reliability. Mm. All right. So what about? And I think Collins will give you slightly more of that. Okay. So Alex Collins or Lamar Miller. Oh, Lamar Miller's another person who I just really, really avoid. <laughs> uh, I would go for Miller because he's got more catchability, catchability more than Collins, but he's another one exactly like Collins. You put here by my voice that yeah. if I have to choose, I mean, well, this, this, doing, this know, is this is. Yeah, I mean, well, this is it because Alex Collins is going in that area, so he just it proves your point perfectly that you know you you start scratching around all the scrubs. Um, obviously, the the heights of the round one and round two running backs. Um, Jarek McKinnon's just going before him, and I suppose you'll take Jarek McKinnon in a heartbeat. I suppose, but um, yeah, it just goes to show you once he gets past Jarek McKinnon, there's not really a lot there that's going to be, you know, your RB one. Isn't there's not really any RB ones there. So um, what, what about Alex Collins and a twelve game Mark Ingram? Uh- uh, 12 game Mark Ingram. <laughs> I'll, I'll slum it for four weeks just to have that upside again and like a lower, lower, um, uh, higher floor. Sorry. What do you think, Mark Ingram? What do you think about Mark Ingram going in the in the late fourth round? Uh, it's difficult. It's always difficult when when you've got these suspensions at the start of the season. Yeah. Obviously, you try and take him as late as possible, but if you leave it, obviously someone else is going to 
is going to get in there before you. Mm. It, it really depends on the player. Um, fourth round for Mark Ingram, probably a little bit too early. Yeah, I think so. For me. Basically, I think... gave him the fifth on the yeah, I mean, he strikes me as one of those people that you know. So you you don't you don't take him on the draft, even though he maybe sits there a bit later than maybe the fourth round or something. But then you know, it comes to late in the fantasy season, and you're up against Mark Ingram, and he goes for a big game against you, and you think, oh, I knew I should have, I knew I should have drafted him. I think it's going to be that type of scenario, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Another thing that makes me think um, it's a lot bit earlier for the fourth is the fact that obviously he splits his carries with Alvin Kamara. Obviously, if he was the, you know, if he was a three-down back, then you could maybe chance it and, like, say, slum it for four weeks until you can get him back and start inflicting that scenario on people rather than receiving it. But yeah, he's maybe, yeah, maybe a touch early. Okay, so my wise guy, I'm gonna, I'll put you against him as well. So Alex Collins or Kenyon Drake? Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're making me talk. You're making me talk up my bad guy now. So <laughs> I got to take Collins then. Yeah, obviously, Miami's backfield is a little bit muddy. Obviously, they've got Drake, they've got um, Kalen Balage, uh, the rookie, and then obviously they've got Frank Gore as well. He, they just signed him, so they're going to give him some carries, yeah. um, even though he's not going to pull up any trees. Yeah. But he's going to take away from the guy who you want to get the carries, so mm. it just muddies those, those waters a little bit. Frank Gore, Frank Gore, pretty much is a tree at this point of his career, but yeah, I mean Kenyon Drake. So you, you kind of you kind of said my arguments there for me, and um, yeah, you know, let's not forget last year of JJ was obviously traded traded away to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they actually gave the the first shot of the running back the running back job to Damian Williams um, over over Kenyon Drake. So that to me says said enough to me that you know the the staff didn't really have much faith in Kenyon Drake although Kenyon Drake was clearly the the better runner. Um just you know obviously that kind of signaled what they kind of felt of him. Um Damian Williams is obviously gone now. Um but you know the offseason like you say they've t- they've brought in Frank Gore to obviously help mentor Kalen Ballage and maybe a bit of Kenyon Drake as well. But um, you know they brought in Kalen Ballage, so they they obviously don't have any trust in Kenyon Drake. Uh, and I'm just not buying the fact that he's going to be a three down a three down back. He's never had three down work really over the years that he's been in the NFL or in college. Um, so I'm just not I'm not paying a fourth round price for for Kenyon Drake. And also Miami Dolphins aren't going to be that great a team this year. Uh, defense is not that great either. So they could be behind. Game script could could, could go against them. So Kenyon Drake might not actually get a lot of carries. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything that you said there, to be honest. Um, yeah, I can't I can agree more, to be fair. Um, I know I'm supposed to add in a little bit to what you said, but I, I really can't. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. No, that's 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 perfectly fine. Okay, so with that said, then, so do you want to move over to the uh, wide receiver? Yeah, sure. So, uh, again, this is, you could tell, uh, anyone who's read any of my pieces on the full 10 yards or listened to any podcasts, uh, or even read on my Twitter timeline, as will know that I really like Anthony Miller. Uh, he's probably one of my favourite people to come out of the draft uh, this uh, this past uh, spring. Uh, I just think he's going to be he's going to be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> to be honest, I really do. Um, he's got you know he's got great speed. He's, he's undersized. But he's got great speed. He's got great hands. And um, he's uh, obviously coming in as a rookie, but he's quite an old rookie, so he's quite experienced in terms of like the college level because uh, he's. About 25, I believe. Um, yeah, I just think he's just going to make an impact straight away on the Chicago the uh, Chicago offense. Sorry, uh, obviously Alan Robinson's going to be the number one. It's going to take all the lot of main uh, attention away from the other receivers, which obviously 
with Taylor Gabriel and um, Anthony Miller at wide receiver. And Taylor Gabriel's a bit more of like a gadget player, a bit more of a slot player. So the other guy on the outside is, is Anthony Miller. And one of his best attributes, despite being about 5'11", is his leaping ability and his ability to take out, uh, take out contested balls and to high point the ball and uh, take it away from the corner. I think that's going to really, really stand him in good stead. And if um, you've not seen any highlights of him in training camp or in pre-season, then take a take a look. And uh, yeah, you'll you'll like what you see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I saw the uh, one of your tweets about one of the catches. I actually saw that as well. I think you compared him to a mini Odell Beckham or the retweet you did. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, no one was. I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that strong uh, just yet. No. But uh, yeah, that was something I, I tweeted and just, uh, just, just, yeah, just. Epitomise what I, I saw in the pre-draft process. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a, and, lot, uh, a lot of people. Uh, uh, I've been I've read about him since and seen about him since. Yeah, yeah. Now I've seen a lot of people wax lyrical about him. Um, obviously, yeah, you can see it on the field as well. He's a he's a talented guy. The only, um, I'm, and yeah, I'm with you on on Anthony Miller. I'm, I'm with you on all the Chicago Bears players, to be quite honest. But the um, the one the one word of warning to two guys out there um, is we we don't really actually know how many how many targets there are to go around. Because obviously last year was such a vanilla passing offense. Uh, didn't have any guys to catch the ball. We don't actually really know what the ceiling is for Mitch Trubisky in terms of passing and the yards and the targets and that kind of stuff. So it'd be quite interesting to see the the target share. Obviously Trey Burton is there, you know, the, and all the other guys that. You, you mentioned the wide receiver position, but uh, Tariq Cohen is obviously another one who can pat, ca- catch out of the backfield. So it'd be just quite interesting to see, you know, mm. what the size of the pie is for the Chicago uh, pass catchers, but also, you know, how good Mitchell Trubisky can be because, you know, we haven't actually seen him be any good as well yet. So um, just, just just a word of warning to those guys out there that are, you know, Anthony Miller's pretty much free, to be quite honest, in, in redraft. Dynasty's going obviously a bit higher, uh, but he's worth, he's worth the investment. If he doesn't really shine this year, um, you know, the opportunity is going to be there in future seasons just because of the talent. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't uh, draft him if you're just doing a redraft. Um, you'd probably be able to pick him up, like say, on, on a waiver later on in the season when he starts to go off a little bit. Um, if you get in there early, that is. Uh, maybe, you know, you, maybe you'd want to be later picks just to guarantee that you get him. Um, I think I probably would have drafted him when we did our Genesis draft on Sunday. But, um, I just had to get him. I just had to get in there. You know, I think it's going to be worth the investment <laughs> long term. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm all for Indonesia going to get your guy. Obviously, he's a he's rookie, so you're going to get the years out of him uh, as long as he doesn't turn into Kevin White. Um, but hopefully, he won't. So we shall move on. Um, okay, so my guy, I was I was torn between two, uh, and they are they are high picks. Just, just a really quick, sorry to interrupt you. Just a really quick one on the on the Kevin White clip that you, you, you picked. so I picked up on waivers anyway. So I'm all in on Chicago this year. <laughs> Very good. You picked up Kevin White. <laughs> I did, yeah, I think so. Just, uh, just as a little bit of insurance policy, like you say, just for the, uh, the, the pie is going to be a bit bigger for the pass catchers, but, you know, he, he could come good. Um, just, I'll probably get rid of him after a couple of weeks when he's not done anything. Yeah, uh, think... He's wide receiver for behind Miller and Gabriel, but, uh, yeah, I just thought it might be a lot worth a little bit of a flyer. Mm. I'd, ha- I'd have a match bet with you who catches more passes, Kevin White or the ghost of Kevin White. I'll, I'll take the ghost of Kevin White will catch more passes than Kevin White. Yeah, you'll probably win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's move. Let's move swiftly on. Okay, so I was, yeah, like I said, I was I was a bit torn between this one. Both of these have high draft uh, capital to be invested in them. Uh, Keenan Allen is one, uh, but I didn't want to talk about charges with you on a podcast league because we know what happens there. So I've gone uh, Devonte Adams. Um, obviously, Green Bay is number one. 
Now, before we I get to the good parts, I'll give you the bad parts. Devontae Adams has never had a season where he's had more than 75 receptions. He's not had a season where he's had over 1,000 yards. But uh, Jordy Nelson is now gone. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is now back. And I just think Devontae Adams is just going to go off on off on one this season and blow all of those all of those previous stats out the window. Over 100 catches, over 1,000 yards. Uh, and obviously his touchdown rate has always been very high. Uh, he's had double figures over the last couple of seasons. Um, yeah, Jordan Nelson's gone, um, and again, I, I just think it's, you know it's, it's amazing the amount of wide receivers that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers makes uh, makes usable and turns them into absolute stars when they're actually not. Yeah, and I, I quite like um, I quite like Devante Adams actually. Um, I think he he's got that big body that Aaron Rodgers is going to look for on jump balls. Um, like you say, he's, he's the clear number one now in Green Bay. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers obviously elevates uh, anyone around him. Uh, he's done well too. Um, it's quite interesting that he might be backed up by quite a lot of rookies as well. The Green Bay drafted three rookies. Yeah. And um, so he's going to be sort of the statesman in that offense. And that, that could be you know, a little feather in his cap. Uh, if he turns into sort of like a mentor for these players, uh, that could be something that elevates him as well. Because that happens with some players where you know, they take on that extra responsibility and it just makes their game go to that other level. Um, yeah, like I say though, he doesn't come without his red flags. But um, yeah, I quite like quite like Devontae Adams, but not as much as the people that he's going sort of in and around, like Keenan Allen's and people like that. Yeah, uh, AJ Green. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. It's it's quite a high price to pay. Um, start the second round for someone that's you know like I say he's never had over seventy five receptions or a thousand yard season. So you you are put, you are putting a lot of faith in in that connection that chemistry. Um, but I, I just think if they if they didn't feel that way about Devontae Adams, they wouldn't have got George, rid of Jordan Nelson. I mean, yeah, on the other side, Jimmy Graham has come in, but he is an old guy and he can't run further than five yards, so he's just going to be an Enzo guy, end zone guy. So <laughs> he he might he might vulture a few touchdowns maybe. Uh, I just think it, all things in pl- are in place there. You know, the defense has never been the greatest, although they've improved that over the off season. So there could be in a fair number of shootouts. I just think you can get some big some big games out of Devante this season. Mm-hmm. The floor yeah, the, no, floor, I, the floor's good. I agree. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I think he's a good pick. Mm. Okay, um, we'll, change, we'll change it up a little bit, and I'll go to a guy that I don't like this year. Um, again, there were two here that I. Umdenard between. I've gone for Marvin Jones, but the other guy that I am on honourable mention is Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, talk is obviously he might start the season on the pup. Uh, this is a guy that is at the end of round four, uh, which is obviously dropping now and will continue to plummet once uh, the injury maybe is confirmed and he's out for a couple of games. But let's also forget obviously Carson Wentz uh, is, is is dodgy for week one as well. But um, you know he's um, he had injuries that he's gotten gotten sorted in the offseason with surgery and that he's just a guy I'm staying well away from but um, back to Marvin Jones Marvin Jones overachieved, overachieved last season in this Detroit uh, offense was very efficient on his on his catches uh, you know, 61 receptions uh, which is 18 yards per catch which is Hall of Fame territory uh, nine touchdowns I just think there's a lot of categories there and a lot of stats that are due for regression in Marvin Jones and I'm not, I'm not willing to take him where he's going in the mid in the mid rounds maybe rounds four and five yeah, and he's he's got um you know a lot of catches that go to uh, Golden Tate as well. Yeah. Um, he's obviously the, the sort of catch, the volume catches guy, and obviously if Marvin Jones doesn't have you know as many catches and many of these longer touchdowns that he has and longer catches. Obviously that yards total will go down. We regress back to the mean of around you know eight nine hundred rather than eleven hundred. Yeah. 
Uh, just catch quite a few touchdowns, though. So you do get obviously you have that element as well. But yeah, he he sort of uh, you know getting to that sort of latter sort of mid to late stage of his career, and, and you, know, you do think that you know when that athleticism starts to fade a little bit, um, you know, does he become a lot uh, sorry a lot less ineffective? Yeah, and also uh, yeah, maybe maybe the staff a dip this year for Marvin Jones. Yeah, I mean, also just to add that in there as well. Obviously, Matt Patricia, new head coach. Um, you might see him be he's a, he's defensive minded. Obviously, he's defensive coordinator last year for the Patriots. Um, you do tend to find defensive coordinators maybe run the ball a bit more. They've addressed the running game this off season. Uh, Frank Ragnow obviously uh, was brought in in the draft. Legarrette Blunt's been brought over from the Patriots, as has uh, Kieran Johnson in the draft. I just think they're maybe a bit more run run focused team so maybe the targets and the the pass attempts by Matt Stafford comes down slightly as well yeah no definitely I, I agree with all that to be fair um, yeah I think it's going to become quite cagey uh, in terms of you know the way that Matt Patricia uh, runs the team we do have Jim Bob Cooper still there he's the offensive coordinator has been yeah. for I believe a couple of years now Stafford really likes him uh, you know, they, they run everything through Stafford and his big arm yeah. but yeah it could become a little bit more capable a little bit more um, sort of run the clock and try and play defence first kind of thing that may be the way to try and go because obviously Trish has obviously got a great defensive mind and that's why he's got the job and why he's been a hot um, higher candidate for a lot of teams for a yeah. couple of years now yeah. Uh, so yeah like I say it just could at least contribute to the the downtick in sort of the production of Marvin Jones maybe the career in general yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, Do you, who, who's your wide receiver? You're not not too keen on this season. So obviously, as a Chargers fan, this brings you great pleasure. It's down talk a Broncos player, uh, but it's Demarius Thomas. Ooh, interesting. Uh, I just think he's he's gone through what we were just talking about about Marvin Jones. He's gone through that down pick last year where he dropped uh, to about 950 yards. And only five touchdowns again. Um, he's not scored double-digit touchdowns for a number of years, uh, three or four years perhaps. Uh, rece- receptions is down, uh, yards is down, as I've just said. Average is down. He's getting old. Uh, he's quite experienced in the league now. And just to top this all off, obviously going back to the draft, the Broncos drafted Colton Sutton, who's been impressing by all accounts in training camp and in pre-season. And that's the guy who's going to take his jersey at the end of the day, um, possibly in a year or two, maybe by then this year. And um, you know that that's just all just going to come together. I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to be another downtick in all those categories again for Demarius Thomas. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Demarius Thomas is. I've, I've um, been a bit up and down on him this off season. I think definitely not in dynasty, obviously for the, the age reasons. Uh, it probably could be his his major. Last season in in the NFL in terms of fantasy football, but yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think he's that too bad at a price. Um, I'm I'm interested if it's fifth or sixth round, but he's probably going a bit earlier than that. So yeah, no, I I can see I can see that. His last his last really really good year was it aligned with Peyton Manning's really good last year in 2014. Yeah. You know before Peyton was a bit in his, in his final year in 2015, and I just think that's obviously a factor. The quarterback situation obviously hasn't been great since Peyton left uh, Denver. So I think that's just another contributing factor as well. Mm. Um, Case Keenum obviously isn't terrible, but he's you know, potentially not going to be great either. So just, just yeah, another factor there to throw in alongside all the others that I mentioned. 
Yeah, no, that's fine. I so said Case Keenum, surely is an upgrade on Trevor Simeon slash Brock Osweiler slash all the rest of them that have been there phone for since Peyton Manning left. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think it would hinge on Case Keenum. Again, you know, Case Keenum's going to walk in, doesn't necessarily have any allegiance with any of the, running, the wide receivers there. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. It might, it might be one just to keep tabs on and maybe uh, maybe trade for. Uh, when this, when the season starts, just to see. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen much Broncos preseason stuff, so I don't really know. Uh, I'd assume that they're keeping Demarius Thomas out of the for, for for health and you know keep him fresh, I suppose. Mm. So let's move to uh, tight end then. So there's a reoccurring theme here because my 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 guy at tight end is Trey Burton. So obviously you like Anthony Miller and Jordan Howard. <laughs> I like I, I complete the trifecta with uh, I complete the trifecta with Trey Burton. So. Um, yeah, they're moving him. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's seen the, the preseason second game uh, yeah, against the Broncos. They're moving him around the field like Matt Nagy said they would. Uh, they signed him to a big contract in the offseason, four years, thirty million, uh, $32 million. Game two had four catches, 45 yards and one touchdown. Uh, he was moved all around, all, moved all around the, the formation. Uh, I'd watch, I'd watch um, some highlights of him because you know I think they think he's pretty special and they're going to get him involved into the, in the offense. Um, he's he's going fairly late in drafts and by fairly late I say probably about round eight and nine unless you're in a draft with me, in which case he goes in round seven. Um, Adam Shaheen is obviously there, but he's a blocking tight end. Um, although he, you know, he caught a pass, but then again, I caught a pass from someone in the bar that I was in the other night. So, you know, it can happen to anyone. Um, <laughs> so I just, think, I just think there's enough off, there's enough weapons there on offense to to open it up for Trey Burton. He's not going to get you know covered, especially you've got Alan Robinson, who's probably going to take the corner, the, the the great corner out of the defense. So I think they're going to use Trey Burton, uh, use his skills, and get him all over the pitch. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, he's going. He's obviously we're both um, both fans of what Chicago have done and what they may do in the offense uh, in the season. Sorry, not the offense. Uh, on the offense side of the ball. Um, yeah, he's he's going to be moved all around, like you say. He's going to be quite versatile. Obviously, he can throw a touchdown pass as well if you really need him to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, although you wouldn't have counted because he's in the Super Bowl and fancy was way, was way gone by then. But um, yeah, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah, no, he's a good player. He's definitely cashed in on uh, the sort of success that he had last year. Like I say, with his big deal, he's, he's got his move. Uh, whether he can recreate is obviously a different story. It's, um, you know, it, it, he's not going to sort of a, a drab offense. He's going to go to quite a, a good offense. Mm. It's quite an interesting offense. You know, going to have some good production if uh, both of us are both of us are correct. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like I like it. And say unless you if you're not if you're in a in the league with me, he has to go round six, otherwise you're not getting him. So I'm putting the I'm putting the trigger anywhere near round seven, which which is what I did obviously in our dynasty draft. So that um yeah, yeah be be warned if you're in a league with me. <laughs> who have you who have you got a tight end? Oh, I have David and Joker. Ooh, I like it. So I think yeah, I think yeah, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be really special actually. I think he's um Got the athleticism uh, just to sort of be that new breed of tight end. We saw it with Evan Engram last year. Uh, I think he's going to be sort of that old jumbo wide receiver, super athletic. Going to be taking a lot of passes from Tyrell Taylor and Baker Mayfield, who both historically really like tight end. Um, Baker, when he comes in, um, which I don't know when that'll be, that might not be very soon, but Baker's favourite target in college was uh, now Baltimore Raven Mark Andrews and, and Joku is a mild better player than him. Um, so I think he'll be one to cash in um, on Baker Mayfield. Obviously, 
like you, I think you said in the past, um, you you said that uh, Tyrell Taylor kept Charles Clay relevant. So yeah, obviously Ndoku's a, a lot more athletic and possibly better player than Charles Clay is as well. So he obviously he's going to cash in on that as well. Yeah, and, then, and you just look at the offense as a whole, and they've got uh, you know nice wide receiver core, nice running game, perhaps um, with how they've drafted and how they've recruited. And that's going to open things up for everyone, which you know, and Joku's going to going to benefit from. And yeah, I just really like him for the next next few years. Obviously, like just going back to the you know possible dynasty aspect as well. He's obviously coming into his sophomore season, and um, you know, rookie tight ends by Evan Ingram recently haven't been great. And uh, but we usually have like an uptick if they've got it, they've got it, and they they usually show it after their first year. And that hopefully will be the case for Joku because that makes me look like I know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> yeah. that's drafted. Um, but yeah, that's always good to know. <laughs> good to uh, see. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say about David Njoku is his draft position, his ADP uh, compared with Dynasty and Standard Leagues is actually quite quite high. Quite high. I've seen Standard standard Leagues, he's going around the ninth rounds. Um, but in Dynasties, he's going, what, sixth or seventh round. It's quite a big jump. Um, obviously, I don't know, you know, he's catching touch, touchdown passes from Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor. Um the in week two of the preseason, so I suppose it doesn't really matter who the uh, who the quarterback is. And it was quite interesting to see actually on Hard Knocks about his um, his meditation thing, where he visualizes catching touchdowns and helps him get in the zone. That was also that's quite a good insight into how he prepares for games and how focused he is. So yeah, no, I really like David Njoku this season. Um, might be a bit boomer bust still because uh, all the other, the other guys there. I think Jarvis Landry could be. Um, a target vacuum, uh, although you know going over to Cleveland, you wouldn't think that, that that could be the case with the the lack of targets that usually go around in that offense. But yeah, I certainly think obviously Cleveland are a team on the up. David Njoku is going to have monster weeks like he did last season. Um, but you know there, there is maybe a bit of fragility there in terms of you know there be some games where he gives you a goose egg. Yeah, potentially that that's the case with all tight ends. Really, there's a, there's a, a real possibility for everyone just to do that because it's obviously not the number one offensive piece for a lot of teams um, yeah just, I just just mentioning something that you you touched on I really like that the, you know the meditation thing that he came across with in, in hard knocks yeah, that's really important obviously the different side of the game um, football is a very physical game where, you know it was a violent game game until this new uh, helmet rule came in yeah uh, but also you know very cerebral very very tactical game as well and obviously and Joku is tapped into that sort of side of his personality. I think that can only stand him in good stead, really. It's, it's good to see. Yeah, no, I certainly agree. No, I, I like David and Joku. I think Dynasty is, is probably a bit too high for me, but you know, you're going to get him for years. He's, he's very young. Um, he, you're going to get a good investment. You're going to get a good return on your investment there. But um, yeah, okay. Who have you got Who have you got that you don't like? So, uh, just staying in the, the AFC North, um, Tyler Eifert is going to be my, my one to avoid. It's, it's just injuries, isn't it? Yeah. We've all drafted Tyler Eifert. We've all thought, you know, great, you know, I've got him. He's going to catch me loads of touchdowns like he did a few years back. But he's just never on the field. Just never on the field. And that's, that's the only reason, really. I, I can't come up with, you know, detailed, uh, you know, spiel about why I don't like Tyler Eifert. He's a great player. Um, but, but he's just never on the field, and you just can't rely on guys who, if you're drafting them and they just get injured, and you have to either release them if you're you know, doing redraft or they're spending time on your IR if you're in dynasty. It's just a waste of time, and you just can't have that. Mm. Um, you can't have that unreliability, like I was saying earlier. That's trying to stick away from high variance players, especially at the top end of each position. 
Um, I don't mind a bit of high variance, you know, lower down, especially in density. But um, yeah, if you if you're trying to rely on a guy to get you X amount of points at position each week, you just can't be going down halfway through a game and leaving you sort of hamstrung. And that's what you're going to get with Tyler, I think. And that's that's just why I just stay away from him nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, same with Jordan. I think Jordan Reed's obviously going the same way as well. But um, yeah, nothing really to add there on Tyler Eifert. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he injured all the time. Obviously, when he's on the field, uh, he, he's a he's a game changer for uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Tyler Croft, I think, would be probably picked up by a few shrewdies, um, the obviously backup tight end there in Cincinnati. But yeah, not really too much to add. Um, so I'm going to move straight on to my tight end to avoid and mine is Jimmy Graham um, obviously all the good things I've said about Devontae Adams um, makes you wonder why I've gone Jimmy Graham here um, I did think about maybe Greg Olsen um, but Jimmy Graham he's getting on and we, we we pretty much saw last season that he's just a he's a red zone guy and you know I know I know at tight end you only need a touchdown to be relevant in the tight end position but you know he's, he's not the Jimmy Graham of old Aaron Rodgers has never really utilised a great tight end so, you know, obviously Jimmy Graham was, was was brought in on a lucrative deal uh, last season. 57 receptions, 520 yards and 10 touchdowns. I think the touchdowns, whilst they could be there, I'm not saying I'm not ruling out 10 touchdowns again this season in the Green Bay Aaron Rodgers offense, but maybe I'm expecting them to come down. But I, expect, I don't expect the yards to go up because he's not really a, a stretch the field kind of guy, Rob, 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 uh, Gronkowski or Travis Kelsey anymore. He's just a, you know, red zone threat. Big guy, jump ball, go and get it. Um, and I just think that's a bit volatile for someone that's going in the uh, mid rounds. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, he's not the player that he was. Obviously, people are going to buy into the name, and you know, they, they, if they see Jimmy Graham sat there, you know, later on in the draft, something might probably trigger uh, just on the basis of the name alone. But really, he's not been the same player for quite a while now. Um, Seattle didn't really see the best of him either. He's not that New Orleans Jimmy Graham. No. You know, who could stretch his field, who could come down the seam, who could take, you know, long catches. Like you say, he's going to be used in the red zone. He's going to be using that basketball background to box people out. Yeah. He'll probably catch a few touchdowns, like you say, in an Aaron Rodgers offence where he's going to be throwing, you know, around you know, late 30s, 40 touchdowns possibly uh, in the season. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham might get, a, what, might get a fair share of those, but, you know, like I say, that high variance again... Uh, um, you know, you rely on him to, to score a touchdown every time you put him in the starting lineup, and you know, can you rely on that? And I don't think the answer is yes uh, anymore. And mm. um, you know, you might be able to get lucky within one or two weeks, but he's not going to be a starting tight end for any of my teams. No, I mean the first, uh, yeah, average average yards per catch last season was nine point one, which is a um, a lot lower than previous seasons. Uh, yardage obviously a lot lower than previous season was a bit banged up as well in in spots. I just think it's yeah it's time to fall off the cliff for Jimmy Graham, uh, and I don't want any part of him. No, exactly. This obviously I can't go a whole podcast without getting some sort of Chargers chop talking. But this is this is exactly the reason why I don't want the Chargers to re-sign Antonio Gates because he's he's just be exactly the same. He'd just be a red zone specialist, you know, down specialist, and you know how much production you're going to get out of that. Um, I'd rather bring on a young guy. And I'm sure um, people drafting you know, in dynasties would rather do the same. That's why smart guys draft people like Mike Kosicki. Yeah. Oh, I love Mike Kosicki this year. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. So let's fight. Let's um, let's let's uh, end on a high and talk about defenses. Who are which defense do you like this season? So uh, keeping a little bit of a trend, we've we've mentioned uh, a few teams quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I really like the Falcons. 
this year. Okay. Um, not going to go for one of the, not going to go for one of the top defenses. Or they all speak for themselves. You know, the the Jags, the Chargers, the Rams, the Eagles. They'll speak for themselves. They're going to be great. But I've gone for a little bit of a sort of, you know flying on the radar choice. You know, if you look at this defense, they've got some great players at every level. Um, you know, if you look on the on the um, defensive line, they've got Vic Beasley, they've got Brady Jarrett. Uh, they're going to get a few sacks. Vic Beasley led the league in sacks the year before last. Yeah. Um, and then they've got a couple of role players behind that. Um, you know, in, in the second level, they've got Dion Jones, who is one of my favourite players in the whole league. Really rangy linebacker, one of sort of the new breed sideline sideline kind of uh, uh, linebacker. Who I was listening to your podcast with Stompy uh, a few weeks ago uh, about IDP. Yeah. And, you know, playing IDP, I was listening to podcasts, and Dion Jones is definitely someone who I would be targeting early on. He's going to rack up loads of tackles, could be getting a few false fumbles, and he's got that athleticism and the hands to get a few interceptions as well if the chance comes his way. And then just moving into the secondary, uh, they've got the, I would say, probably the most underrated pair top corners in the whole league in Robert Alford and Desmond Trufant. Um, no one really talks about them, but they're both excellent corners. And I just really like this this whole defense. It's just got great players all the way through. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be able to stop the run, then they're gonna be able to get up front and then like I say they've got the linebackers to back it up and then they're gonna come up with turnovers as well because they've got those two great corners. Yeah. And it, it's just gonna result in I think um, you know, people talking about them a little bit more than they, they were doing um, you know, come you know in, in a few weeks, and they were before draft season. Yeah, yeah. Now waiver wide, yeah, yeah. Their way, you know, when people the um, the bye weeks come up. Yeah, no, I really like Atlanta this year. I think they're a bit of a sleeper pick for me from a defense. Another another name for the IDP guys that are listening, Tack McKinley, uh, Lyman for the Falcons. I think I've I've heard people giving glowing reviews uh, for him, so watch out for his name. But yeah, I same thing as well, just to add to, on to the Falcons, obviously my projection of Atlanta getting back to kind of their old self in terms of the offence, that might make the defence a bit more opportunistic as well for uh, interceptions uh, as well uh, when when other teams are chasing games. Mm, yeah, exactly. And another thing, just this is in contrast, this is just setting up my, my defence I don't like. Uh, the opposite to the, the defence I don't like the Falcons have quite a lot of youth on their defence. They've got quite a lot of picks that they've had quite recently. Um, and they're backing up these main guys that we just talked about. And um, so they've got some depth. And if you're drafting them in you know, Dynasty, obviously they've got that continuity where they're not going to be able to be, they're not going to drop too much in the next few years. They're going to have that cycle. And the Falcons always draft well as well recently. So it's another, another good thing to always have in mind if you're picking Dynasty is you know, how that team drafts and on defense, and if they're going to be able to maintain the levels that they have, if they're you know good defense already. Yeah, yeah, no, I certainly agree with that. And um, yeah, my, my my pick for defense uh, is not really original, but um, yeah, I've got I've gone charges. Um, so you'll be you'll be glad that you came on the podcast. Um, I just I just think they're the best defense in the league, and I don't think that's necessarily a bold take either. I think they're very much locked down. Uh, I, I saw that someone else. Um, on I thought it was on defense. I think has added themselves to the ACL injury for uh, out for the year list, and the name the name escapes me. But last season, you know, they weren't they weren't great against the run. I think they were second worst uh, in terms of yardage. But the 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 past defense is is as good as any. And 
I just, I just think, you know, if you get rid of Minnesota, you get rid of the Rams and Jacksonville, you know, you can actually really still get them at, at you know, the second to last round, maybe third to last round, if, you know, if you are, if you're that keen on, on getting a, a, a top defence. Um, and the, also, the Chargers were the third best in, in turnover differential last season with, with 12, so only behind Baltimore and Kansas City. Yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm only going to talk up. Uh, my charges. Yeah, I wouldn't go so far as, as you have to be fair, which is surprising in saying that we're the best defense in the league. Um, I still point out the Jags as the best defense in the league. To be fair, I think they've got a little bit more depth than we have. Um, their linebackers are probably a little bit better as well. Uh, but yeah, like you say, um, you know we've got lockdown corners, and um, you know we've got Jason Brett who's been out. But Trevor Williams steps up. We've got three great corners in uh, Case Hayward, Trevor Williams, and then Des King in the slot. Derwin's obviously coming in. He's going to cause some trouble for the opposing offences. And then obviously you've got the super sack bros at the front. Uh, you've got Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa who are going to pick you up with quite a lot of sacks, quite a lot of false fumbles because there's not a lot of uh, players better in the league for forcing fumbles on sacks than Joey Bosa. And hopefully the run defence will be a little bit better um, this season so we won't give up as much yardage through that. And therefore, you know, we're forcing a few more punts uh, around the middle of the field and not giving up as many points either. So yeah, obviously if you take the charges, you can't go wrong, and that's what I did in our league on Sunday, and uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, another thing, just to add on to the charges as well, obviously it's a division where you've got change of quarterback in two teams and you've got change in coordinator uh, to head coach in Oakland, so you know the chances there that the, the teams that they're playing twice a season could be a bit uh, off-colour, could not maybe gel as much. Uh, obviously you've got Kansas City first up. Um, I just think, you know, I think they'll be the top-scoring defence in the league this season. In, in terms of fantasy football? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good shout, definitely. I uh, couldn't agree. Uh, well, yeah, I couldn't agree more, really. Okay. Yeah, let's, we said. Let's, uh, let's close this out then with some defences we don't we don't like. Okay. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, you go first. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, just, again, continuing the theme of, of mentioning teams that we've mentioned quite a bit, you know, the Ravens, uh, defence I don't really like. Like I said, a team, a team that I generally just don't really buy into. Uh, they're in a division where I think they've got obviously the Steelers who have got a really high-powered offense and they have to play them twice a year. And obviously we we touched on them a couple of times with the Browns. I think they're going to be a lot better on offense this year and they're going to cause problems. I'd actually probably say they're probably going to be a better team than Baltimore in general this year. Um, may may finish above them. Um, obviously we went through this with our divisional um, previews and I mentioned that Cleveland could finish second in this uh, division. But, um, another reason, you know, they're quite old. Um, the best pass, pass rusher is Terrell Suggs still and he's he was drafted in like the early 2000s maybe 2002 2003 something like that and I don't know how you can get by with how, how old must he be you know late 30s would be your number one pass rusher uh, they've got Matt Judon Tyus Bowser who they've drafted more recently but they've not really not really hit off but obviously if you can't pressure the quarterback then you're obviously missing out on fantasy points but obviously you're putting a lot of pressure on your defensive backs who, admittedly, Baltimore have got quite a lot of good defensive backs, quite a lot of young defensive backs as well. But it's going to put a lot of pressure on them if they can't, uh, they can't force any pass rush. And, um, yeah, just, as we see them struggling a little bit in, in future as well because, like I said, they're quite an old, an old team on that side of the ball. They've not drafted a great deal of players on that side of the ball, especially not the top, of, top level of the draft, top end of the draft. Uh, and that could be something they might struggle with I think to maintain those levels in, in in the years to come. If you're thinking about a, a dynasty pickup, how how dare how dare you throw shade on my dynasty my dynasty defense? 
Really? I didn't even realise. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I know Scott Hansen loves a bit of tea sizzle, and I'm all about the tea sizzle. Um, you know, tea sizzle doesn't age. You can put tea sizzle on a barbecue, and he's always kind of come out smoking hot. But um, yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't mind Baltimore this season. I think the offense will be a bit better as well, so maybe they won't be on the on the on the field as much. But yeah, I agree. They're, they're a bit old in places. Uh, they do have a bit of youth there. Um, so I'm, after the podcast, I'm going to go and, and contemplate whether or not to change my defense now. After you've you've said that, but um, yeah, I don't I don't mind uh, Baltimore too much, uh, really. But as I say, Baltimore were the the best in turnover differential last season with 17. So I'm quite happy with that to take them into 2018. Obviously, I'm not going to say they're going to repeat, but um, I think they're, they're the top half defense, maybe not uh, top five or top eight maybe, but um, yeah, obviously of, of, of old, they've, they've always been one of the better defences, so they're not going to live up to the hypes of the old, you know, um, Ray Lewis and, and all the rest of them. Yeah, no, it's nothing It's nothing like that group of, you know, the the, the Ray Lewis type of team. No. Um, another, another factor as well to, to go into this uh, defensive um, conversation is the fact that the, well, I don't back the offence anyway, I don't know about you, but I don't back the offence to be high-scoring or even stay on the field for very long a lot of the time. So that puts a lot of pressure on the defence as well. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to be on the field quite a long time and that could lead to you know more wear and tear, more injuries, just wearing down in the game and that's going to possibly lead to you know more, more points against mm. sooner or later. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. We uh, we disagree on that one, but um, I suppose we had to at some. Well, I mean, we've disagreed quite a lot actually, uh, a little bit in in this podcast. But that's always good. Makes for makes for good debate. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Although, I, that. I will I will miss when um, when Scott Hansen obviously does the red zone when when Terrell Suggs obviously leaves and retires, he won't be able to say T-Sizzle anymore. That's that's always a highlight of a Sunday afternoon when he just goes all out. <laughs> for, he goes all out and screams T-Sizzle, but. Um, yeah, maybe, I, I, mine's, mine's a similar theme. So obviously, I'm going with the team that you know they've gotten a bit old, and or you know some of the pieces are no longer there. And I'm talking about Seattle Seahawks. Um, don't really need to spend too much time on it because it's been well documented over the off season. Um, obviously, Legion of Boom is pretty much all gone now. Uh, Bobby Wagner, uh, I think is, it Bobby, is Bobby Wagner the only one that's still there really. L. Thomas is is playing hide yeah. and, hide and seek, but um, yeah, obviously Richard Sherman. Yeah, gone. no, L. Thomas. He's on, probably on his way out of town, if not sooner rather than later. He's probably not going to be there beyond this season. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's only out, out of out of their great defense doing back to back Super Bowl. Yeah, it's only really Bobby Wagner uh, that's there now. It's just sad to see, really. I was, I was quite a big fan of uh, Seattle's defense mm-hmm. and Seattle, Seattle as a team actually yeah. a few years ago when they had that great team. Yeah. But yeah, it's obviously it all goes in cycles in the NFL, uh, and uh, they've well and truly come to the end of theirs now. Yeah, I mean, I think there were slight dec- uh, signs last season that um, there was decline. Uh, they gave up quite a lot to the rush. Uh, I think they were lower lower half in in uh, allowing rush yards. Uh, and now, obviously, with Richard Sherman gone and the guys at the, you know the, at the back end, you could see that the. the <clears throat> the, the defense become a bit leaky, and as a, let's not also forget that Jimmy Graham's left, Paul Richardson left, and that 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 offense now, obviously with Rashad Penny being injured, injured as well. Could not could could be a bit bad. Um, again, like we said, mentioned about the other other teams, is the defense is you know the longer they spend on the field, the worse they're going to be, the more tired they're going to get. So, uh, I certainly can see that being kind of the story of Seattle's defense uh, and Seattle team in general this season. So they're they're a, a team that are you know generally overdrafted uh, just because of the name. So they're a team I'm I'm happy to avoid. Yeah, definitely. Um, just um, a lot of the players that I've mentioned at least and a few that you've mentioned that I've, I've noticed um, 
we've been mentioning the sort of on the bad side, the teams they're from teams that are trending downwards as well. Yeah. And oh, obviously yeah. Seattle are definitely trending downwards from what they've been the levels that they've been at um, in quite recent years. And uh, yeah, it's just never something that I would look to draft as a you know, team or a player from a team that's sort of on a downward trend. Yeah. So always about the you know the upward definitely. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think I think that pretty much brings us to an end. And as I say, any guys that you listening out there, if you have any any my guys or any wise guys, any guys that you like or you don't like, give us a shout on Twitter at Full Ten Yards, or um, you can get Lee at Wakefield ninety, or you can get in touch with the show via Voice Bite. You know, download the Voice Bite app, send us a, a quick message on who you like, and we can discuss those on the podcast in the future. You know, t- tell us who you think could break out or who's going to be a bust or who you're avoiding at all costs. Uh, and we'll, 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 say we'll play the best ones out on the show. Uh, we, we're glad to have your, your input. But Lee, that, that pretty much does it for our, our My Guys and Wise Guys. Um, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. And no doubt we'll speak to you very shortly. Yeah, of course, yeah. Anytime. Uh, yeah, it's been, been fun. Go, go Chargers. Yeah, of course. And go Bears for both of us by the sound of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if Chicago have an awful season, then we, we've got a lot to answer for. Let's be honest. I, th- I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're only a Mitchell Trubisky. I'm supposed to be one of us didn't go Bears defense actually, but um, I suppose we we're just a Mitchell Trubisky away from a full house. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Yeah. Speak to you soon. Tim. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. So there you have it. Those are the players that we like. Those are the players that we do not like. Um, so if you're in drafts with me, uh, I have my home league draft coming up in a couple of days. So no doubt people may be vying for those players. Hopefully not. I know a couple of people are not uh, overly keen on them. I know Trey Burton is a guy that I'm going to be getting uh, probably, what, seventh round. Um, so anyone in my league, if you want Trey Burton, you're going to have to take him in the sixth. Um I'd say that one went on for a little while, so I'm not going to talk too much at the end. But again, get involved with those competitions, the last man standing and against the spread pickums. Uh, watch out on social media for other stuff as well. We've got some great podcasts coming up a bit later on in the week. And obviously next week, it's week one. Week one is here, ladies and gentlemen. We finally made it, made it through all of the off-season. And um, yeah, some special guests. We've got uh, the show on Thursday, I think, which will be the uh, hot takes episode. So a couple of predictions there. We have Rob Grimwood uh, from Across the Fantasy Pond podcast coming on to chat about that as well. So that's a very good podcast. Uh, Keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, And if you have any hot takes, uh, if you have any hot takes for the show Thursday, or if there's any my guys or, or wise guys that you have, let us know who they are. Uh, we'd love to get in, have a chat with you. We'd love to talk to you on social media, get in touch with us, because that's what we do. That's what fantasy football is all about. That's going to do it for today's show. We'll see you again on Thursday. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.